0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 321 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 you will get 15% off your next order. We got a special Sunday edition of the podcast for you guys here today. I felt like it was kind of necessary because uh, quite a bit has happened with the Rangers since the last time we talked. And I'll level with you guys right here from uh, from the jump here today. I was actually away for the weekend, so I didn't get to watch either of these games on Saturday or Sunday Live. I just caught uh, the entire Capitals game, so we're going to talk about that quite a bit today. But I think the biggest news as far as everything that happened with the Rangers over the weekend, I mean, the fact that they lost two games is obviously not ideal, but the thing that had a lot of people talking, obviously, was the trade of Brian Lemieux. The Rangers send Lemieux to the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for a fourth-round draft pick in 2021. And I think we might as well ahead and start right here, right with the Brandon Lemieux trade. First of all, we did not too long ago, and in fact, just last week, toward the end of last week, we did a three-parter, or we at least completed it toward the end of last week, but it was a three-parter where we took a look at any Ranger on the current roster that could conceivably be traded at or near the trade deadline. We kind of, I mean, some guys certainly seem a little bit more likely than others, and There's no guarantees how active the Rangers were going to be at this deadline. I mean, you might go through that entire list and the Rangers don't end up trading anybody. But in fact, today, they traded a player that I mentioned in part two of that exercise where, again, we just kind of went through the Ranger roster, mentioned every single player that could conceivably, possibly, maybe be traded. I included Brendan Lemieux on that list, and I think it basically comes down to what I talked about in that podcast episode. I don't think this is because the Rangers uh, think Lemieux is lousy, or he can't play, or, you know, let's just try and and get whatever we can get for him and and just move on. I don't think it was anything like that. It's a simple fact that the Ranger forward position is just becoming more and more crowded, seemingly by the day, because, you know, you look up and down this roster, and everybody's kind of gotten healthy around the same time. Obviously, Artemi Panarin is back from his hiatus, and you've got Phil DiGiuseppe. He actually returned to the lineup today, Sunday, against the Washington Capitals. He had been on the COVID list. Brett Howden was on the COVID list. We'll see when he gets back. I haven't heard any definitive update there, but sooner or later, you got to believe he's going to be back. And you've also now got Vitaly Kravtsov in the mix because of course his KHL season concluded. The Rangers flew him over here to the States and he's with the team. I mean, he's ready to go whenever the Rangers decide they want to pull the trigger and throw him out there into the lineup. But the bottom line is, those three guys I just mentioned, they've all been out of the lineup, and there's 12 forwards in the lineup who really all deserve to be there. I mean, I can't point to a single of the 12 Ranger forwards that were in the lineup pre-Brennan Lemieux trade and say, oh, that guy shouldn't be out there, or that guy shouldn't be out there. I thought they were all deserving, and the three guys that had not been in the lineup, obviously, again, Di Giuseppe uh, was on the COVID list, Brett Howden's still on the COVID list, Vitali Kravtsov is ready to go whenever. I mean, sooner or later, the Rangers are going to want to work all three of those guys back into the lineup as well. I mean, Brad Howden, you know, again, he's underwhelmed, obviously, but he is a good penalty killer, and uh, David Quinn seems to like him. And, you know, you go on Twitter, um, again, I'm away for the weekend, so I look and I see, you know, about 30 minutes ago... Uh, Brandon Lemieux was traded to Los Angeles Kings for this fourth-round pick. Initially, you're surprised, but for all those reasons that I just talked about and a couple other that I'm going to get into in just a second here, I'm really not that surprised because, again, there there was a logjam forming as far as Ranger forwards were concerned. But beyond that, I mean, a couple other reasons why I think the Rangers uh, maybe would look to unload Brandon Lemieux. I don't know that he's ever necessarily been a favorite of David Quinn. And I mean, certainly you have to respect all the grit, all the toughness that Brandon Lemieux brings to the ice. I mean, he fought Tom Wilson last season. He was a huge part of uh, a huge comeback that the Rangers made against the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But I don't know. To me, he always just kind of seemed like uh, the black sheep there on the Rangers for whatever reason. And I think you know to be fair he does take a lot of penalties that you kind of shake your head a little bit these are things that happen you know whether it's an offensive zone penalty or whether it's he's involved in some extracurriculars after the play and he ends up going to the penalty box in situations where he doesn't need to end up going to the penalty box and we've seen David Quinn uh, lose some patience with Brand Lemieux because there's been times this season and last season where Lemieux will take a penalty or do something foolish and Quinn will bench him for the rest of the game and or make him a healthy scratch for the following game he's been a healthy scratch a couple of times this season. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just, again, when you log on to Twitter, you don't expect to see Brian Lemieux has been traded to the Kings for a fourth round draft pick, but then you sit down, you think about it, and you realize, you know, he does some things that draw the ire of David Quinn, and also the fact that the Rangers, it's very crowded at Ford. It's really not that surprising. But I thought what we could do here is kind of take a look at Brian Lemieux's tenure with the New York Rangers, you know, how it started how it went, the whole way through, because I do like Brandon Lemieux, and he's somebody who does have a lot of nice qualities about him. I mean, we just mentioned his propensity for taking penalties, some of which he simply does not need to take, but he's somebody who goes out there, and I mean, we just mentioned as well, he, he got into a fight with Tom Wilson last season, which is basically a death sentence. I mean, Tom Wilson, there's a lot we can say about him, but he is a heck of a fighter, and uh, you know, you sign up to fight Tom Wilson, you're going in as the underdog. That's definitely the case with Brandon Lemieux, as it is for just about every other player in the NHL, but you know, Brandon Lemieux... Just turned 25 years old in March here. He ends up spending about two seasons with the Rangers. It was only one full season. That was, of course, last year. The year before that, Brandon Lemieux was acquired in a trade that the Rangers made with the Winnipeg Jets. The Rangers got Lemieux and a 2019 first-round pick in exchange for a conditional fourth-round pick and Kevin Hayes. That was the year that Kevin Hayes was kind of a rental for the Jets. You know, they were looking to make a playoff run. Didn't really work out. Hayes ends up signing with the Flyers. It is what it is. But the Rangers got Brandon Lemieux out of the deal. That deal happened on February 25th, 2019, so again, he spends just north of two seasons with the New York Rangers. Uh, As far as that first-round pick that the Rangers got as part of that deal, they ended up trading that back to the Winnipeg Jets as part of the deal for Jacob Truba. So just wanted to uh, be thorough there and and not leave you guys hanging as far as what happened with that first round pick. But, you know, again, in his three seasons with the Rangers or, you know, a half season and a full season, and another half season, however you want to look at it, uh, Brent Lemieux skated in 109 games. He scored 11 goals, had 20 assists, and was a minus 18 overall. He also took 214 penalty minutes, and he comes up with 277 hits. He actually led all Ranger forwards last season with the most hits on the team. In fact, he was second on the team only to Jacob Truba, and he also had in his three seasons with the Rangers. Rangers. Rangers, or two seasons, again, however you want to look at it, because there are two half seasons and one full season. But whichever way you want to look at it, 109 games and 82 blocked shots. But this is something else that I talked about when we went through our three-parter of every single Ranger that could conceivably be traded, you know, again, at or near the trade deadline. And I... Brought up the fact that I thought it was a little bit suspicious this offseason because you go into the offseason and I think the Rangers had a total of eight either unrestricted or restricted free agents. Brian Lemieux was a restricted free agent, but you're looking at this list and it's like, all right, you know, are they going to keep Brian Stromer? Are they going to keep Tony D'Angelo? Are they going to keep Jesper Foss? What's it going to take to keep all these guys in the fold? And you look at Brian Lemieux... And he had never made more than six figures in any season in his NHL career, and that included last season as well. And given that he was a restricted free agent, you think like, okay, well, you know, the Rangers, they'll bump him up a little bit. He'll get like a small raise, but this seems like pretty much a done deal. They're going to bring Brandon Lemieux back, I mean, why wouldn't they? Again, he does have a lot of really nice qualities. He's someone who will stand up for teammates and who will fight when the occasion calls for it, will mix it up, will play some mind games out there a little bit. You know, Brandon Lemieux likes to talk and uh, you know get under the skin of his opponents. I know that for a while, Ranger fans were calling him Sean Avery Light, and I think that description definitely fits, because he was never as over the top as Sean Avery was I mean Avery was just ridiculous some of the things he would do out there but Brandon Lemieux you could see where like you know some of those qualities apply to him as well and you know he'll go out there and, and certainly mess with his opponents a little bit but going back to this off season here you figure it'll be a small raise and he'll be back in the fold before you can blink but instead he was actually the last Ranger free agent restricted or unrestricted to end up with a team in this past offseason. He was the last guy that the Rangers ended up bringing back. And ultimately, he ended up signing a two-year, $3.1 million deal. So an average annual value of $1.55 million. But I just always thought it was really strange how long it took to get that deal done. And look, I'm not in the room when these negotiations are happening. It could have been some very fine print, some uh just minor details about the contract. I don't know. I don't know for sure. But I always assumed that he would be one of the first guys they brought back because, yeah, he was going to get a little bit of a raise. But, I mean, Brian Lemieux, if you look at his offensive numbers, this is not somebody who's going to land some kind of mega crazy contract. I figured it would be very simple. They would bring him back. He's a player that they value in a bottom six role. And you just move forward with Brian Lemieux. And they eventually did. It just took a lot longer than I ever thought that it would and so I started wondering like you know maybe they were looking to trade Brand Lemieux during the offseason last year I mean it's at least possible I don't think it's something that can be ruled out but now just a half season later they do indeed trade Brand Lemieux he goes to the Los Angeles Kings and of course in exchange for Brand Lemieux the Rangers receive a fourth round draft pick from the Los Angeles Kings and in just a second here we're going to talk about whether that seems like it was too much for Brand Lemieux too little for Brandon Lemieux or just about right and like I said we will talk about that in just a second. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go to builtbar.com or to at bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15. 15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As far as the uh, return for Brandon Lemieux, the Rangers get a fourth round draft pick for this upcoming season from the Kings in exchange for Lemieux, and I think that seems pretty reasonable. I mean, if you asked me that the Rangers were going to get a draft pick in exchange for Brandon Lemieux, I probably would have guessed fourth, maybe even about a fifth, so... You could maybe even make the argument that Jeff Gordon did pretty well here to get a fourth round pick for Brandon Lemieux. And, you know, again, moving on from a player that I don't know that he really had a huge role with the Rangers going forward. Again, I like Lemieux, and I wouldn't necessarily be opposed, even with the logjam that they have at forward. I wouldn't be opposed to him being out there on certain nights, maybe even more nights than not. But, you know, you take him out of there and guys like Phil DiGiuseppe are going to get to play. Uh, Colin Blackwell, who had a really nice game for himself today on his 28th birthday. We'll get to that in just a second. But he scored two goals and almost uh, helped spearhead a miraculous comeback for the Rangers against the Capitals here today. But, you know, those guys will both be in the lineup. And then Vitali Kravtsov, I mean, he's going to need to have a spot on this team as well. So, again, it was just kind of a numbers game, and it almost seemed like the Rangers were going to have to deal somebody. It ends up being Brandon Lemieux. And, again, I think the return is is pretty fair. I think a 4th rounder sounds just about right uh, as far as Brandon Lemieux's trade value is concerned. As far as his role with the Kings, he's going to have to quarantine. He was actually placed on their non-roster list, and that's just a formality, just basically some paperwork to have him uh, quarantine before he ends up eventually joining the team. And it's funny, you know, the Rangers, they make a trade like this, and I'm looking at it exclusively from the Rangers' point of view for, you know, the first— Ten or fifteen minutes, while the initial uh, surprise of this trade is starting to set in for me a little bit, but then I start looking at it from the king's perspective, and I got to be honest here, guys, and and we're actually gonna talk to Sarah Evampado from Locked on Kings. That's going to be Tuesday's episode. We're going to talk to her and kind of get the uh, the Kings vantage point on this, why they were interested in Brian Lemieux. But looking at this right now as kind of an outsider looking in at the Los Angeles Kings, I got to be honest, I don't get it. I don't really get why they would be interested in Lemieux. That's not to say that Lemieux can't possibly help the Kings or can't possibly help any other team. But You know, the Kings, they're in a rebuild right now, and they're bringing in Brandon Lemieux. And granted, Brandon Lemieux just turned 25 years old, so he's obviously a young player, but he will be a free agent after next season. Now, maybe the Kings see him as kind of a long term fit. Maybe they think they can talk him into an extension. They like him in kind of a bottom six role, the same kind of role that he filled with the Rangers. But again, you know, you look at the Kings right now, they are in sixth place in the Western Division. And just like every division in hockey, the top four teams are going to make the playoffs. They have. A record of 13, 13, and 6. That's good for 32 points. They are 5 points out of the 4th place spot in the Western Division, currently held by the St. Louis Blues. The Blues are 16, 13, and 5. They have 37 points. I mean, the Kings do have 2 games in hand on the Blues, but... I don't know. I mean, to me, if I'm the Kings, I'd be looking to move on from players, uh, guys maybe who are on expiring contracts. And I don't know the contract status of every single player on the Los Angeles Kings, but I'd be looking to sell if I'm the Kings more than I'd be looking to buy. Now, maybe this is a thing where the Kings feel like they can make the playoffs this season, and they may not... uh, be wanting to push everybody out the door and they just feel like, hey, if we bring in Brian Lemieux, this makes us moderately better. We don't have to give away, you know, a first round pick, a second round pick or anything like that. We only have to give away a fourth round pick. It makes our team slightly better and it slightly bolsters our chance of getting into the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know exactly how the Kings look at this, but again, we're going to be talking to Sarah Evan Pato doing a crossover episode. Uh, We're actually going to be recording that later tonight, Sunday night, and then that will be Tuesday's episode. My plan is to set that to go live as Monday night becomes Tuesday morning, if you will. Midnight, Monday going into Tuesday, that episode will go live. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what she says. We'll see uh, what the Kings might be thinking here. But, you know, overall, I do think that it is a little bit of a curious move by the Los Angeles Kings. But uh, to just kind of put a bow on this whole thing, I know we've spent a good chunk of this episode – devoted to Brandon Lemieux, but I think rightfully so. He's somebody who played with his heart on his sleeve and, uh, you know, again, stood up for teammates, played with a lot of toughness, played with a lot of snarl. Sometimes he'd step over the line a little bit. It would get him in some hot water with David Quinn, and, you know, he's now on his way to Los Angeles, possibly as a result of that, but I did want to kind of shine the light on What I thought was Brandon Lemieux's best performance as a New York Ranger. I don't even really think it can be debated because it was the game last season where the Rangers they were in Montreal playing the Canadians. They fell behind four to nothing in this game. They end up winning it six to five, and Brandon Lemieux scores two goals in this game. He scored a goal that cut the Canadians' lead to four to three. So at this point, you know the Rangers are back in the game big time. The Canadians go up. 5-3. 5-3. to three. They score and give themselves another two-goal cushion. The Rangers cut it to 5-4, and then the Canadians are on the power play in the third period. Again, up 5-4 to four are the Canadians at this point. They've got the man advantage, and before you know it, the Rangers are breaking out of the zone on a two-on-one, and Brian Lemieux with a little bit of pitch and catch with Brett Howden, he passed to his right to Howden, Howden back to Lemieux, and Lemieux with a tipping goal from the doorstep. Lemieux went flying on this play, just completely lost balance, ends up basically like crashing into the boards, but uh, just a blue-collar, awesome goal by Brandon Lemieux there, and uh, the Rangers, of course, went on to win that game six to five. Jacob Truba ends up with the game winning goal, but just a fantastic play by Brandon Lemieux there. His best performance as a New York Ranger, and this actually happened just two or three days after the Rangers played the Capitals. And like we talked about in the intro, he got into a fight with Tom Wilson and uh, lost the fight. You know, he had some battle scars coming out of that fight, but he felt like he had to stand up for his teammates, and uh, you know, he. Had the guts to take on Tom Wilson. I think that says a lot about Brian Lemieux and his character and how much he does care about his teammates. But then after this game against Montreal, again, he gets the two goals to really help the Ranger come back there. He ended up getting the Broadway hat in the locker room after the game. And I've made this joke on here before, but we might as well make it one more time since we're saying goodbye to Brian Lemieux here. Uh, he looked like Rocky Balboa from, like, Rocky IV after he fights Ivan Drago. He's wearing, you know, the fedora, and he's got the towel draped over his shoulders. He's got just a gnarly shiner underneath his eye. He's got cuts on his face. He's bleeding. I mean, like, the whole nine yards. He just he looked like he went 10 rounds with Ivan Drago. And so uh, just... I think that kind of sums up Brandon Lemieux for you there. I mean, he'll fight Tom Wilson one night, and then uh, he'll kind of be the heart and soul of a a really epic comeback in a game on the road against the Montreal Canadiens. So I definitely will miss Brandon Lemieux. I totally understand why the Rangers did this trade. It's not a trade that I necessarily love or hate. It's one that I understand. I think that's the best way I can put it. Somebody probably had to go, and if you feel like you can get a fourth rounder, which the Rangers ended up getting for Brandon Lemieux, then you know what? Maybe that's just a move you got to make because... It is crowded, and they do have to make room for guys like Krasov, and again, Phil DiGiuseppe is back, and they'll probably want to work Brett Howden into the lineup as well. And you look what Colin Blackwell did today. You know, he's been a healthy scratch at times this season as well. You really want to take him out of the lineup after what he just did? Probably not, and we're going to be talking about that and everything else that happened between the Rangers and Capitals in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website... Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so it's time to talk about these games that occurred over the weekend here. Unfortunately, it ends up being a pair of one-goal losses for the Rangers. They lose 2-1 to against the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday, and then they drop today's game five to four to the Washington Capitals. And again, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm still kind of catching up from everything that happened this weekend. I watched the uh, Capitals game on a little bit of a tape delay, if you will. I believe the Rangers and Caps were in the third period when I started the game from the beginning. I just stayed away from Twitter, didn't want to get any scores, nothing. Just wanted to kind of watch the game as it was happening live, but then also be able to fast forward through commercials and intermission. But uh, unfortunately, you know, the Rangers come out on the short end of the stick in both games. As far as the Ranger Flyer game, I will eventually go back and watch that. I will do want to be able to you know watch every single game this season. I've already seen the highlights. From what I understand, it was basically just the Igor Shosturkin show. Uh, he ends up stopping 35 of 37 shots and basically just stood on his head, really kept the Rangers in the game early. And then Mika Zibanejad gave the Rangers a one to nothing lead. Once again, this is the fourth straight goal that Mika Zibanejad has scored, where Strom and Fox got both of the two assists. So that's kind of an interesting little fun fact there. Unfortunately, the Rangers were not able to Hold on to the lead in that game, as you guys are aware. The Flyers come back and win two to one. And even more unfortunately, it was Moran who scored the uh, game-winning goal with about four and a half minutes left. And he, of course, was the same player who the game prior, when the Rangers played the Flyers and beat them eight to three. He uh, pulled Brian Lemieux by the hair as they're falling to the ice. He just attacked him, and you know he's tugging at his hair on the ice. And uh, nothing from the uh, league on that one. I guess hair pulling is okay. I mean, who knows? But just. Uh, Total gut punch to lose that game in the fashion that they did and also having Moran score the game winner there. Not a lot of fun there. Uh, Today's game was—it's tough to kind of contextualize this because the Rangers played a whale of a third period and really, I, I don't think they played that bad in this game. I mean, I know they got behind four to nothing. They basically just had a really bad four minutes and 24 seconds there in the second period in which the Capitals scored three goals. And I realize that's not good. That can't happen. you got to respond after either you score or they score. We've talked about this before on this podcast, how at times the Rangers have maybe not been as good as they can be during the shift after a goal. And you know that was clearly the case on this day as well. But the Rangers and Caps, you know, true to form, kind of the way that these games have gone this year between these two teams, it was a really tight defensive game. Not really a ton of scoring opportunities one way or the other through the first half of this game. And then, like we said, you know, the Caps get three goals in 4:24, and the floodgates are open. You know, they get up 4 to nothing, and the Rangers come storming back. It felt like uh, this was uh, the game that we talked about that the Rangers played against Montreal last season, where Brian Lemieux kind of played the hero. It felt like that was happening all over again here. Colin Blackwell gets a couple of goals on his 28th birthday, and then T.J. Oshie gets a goal, and that made the score 5-2 to two with about eight minutes or so to go in the game. And I wrote this in my notes right when it happened as I'm watching this. I wrote, man, you know, this—it really sucks to have to give up that goal there because— you were down four to nothing. You've cut it to four to two, and you know you still got some time left. And just like that, it goes back to being a three goal deficit. And I was like, ah oh, man, you know that's that's really unfortunate. I didn't know the half of it because I didn't know that the Rangers were going to go on to score another two goals and cut the lead down to five to four and come up one goal short. If Oshie doesn't score that goal there, uh, the Rangers it looks like would have tied this game. And you know maybe we end up in overtime. I mean who knows what would have happened for sure. But yeah, man, that that goal to Oshie that was a killer. Just a great. Tipping goal by TJ Oshie on that play. And then, of course, Alexi Lafreniere, his fifth goal of the season. Kevin Rooney passes to Gautier. Gautier puts the shot on net. The save is made, but a nice juicy rebound for Lafreniere, and he puts it home to make it 5-3, to three, and that's with uh, less than eight minutes remaining. And then Chris Kreider scores with just under four minutes remaining after the Rangers got a power play. They want a face-off. Strom dished in deep to Kreider. Kreider tipped it into the net. Just a classic Chris Kreider goal. So now... It's 5 to 4 and you're thinking man like this team is rolling. We've scored four goals in the past 10 minutes. We are totally going to tie this game at the very least and they very well almost did because there was a play not too long after this, in fact pretty much right after this, where Philip Hedl ended up passing to his left to Pavel Buchnevich and Buchnevich had a chance at a tipping goal. He extended his stick, got his stick on the puck. Seem to be knocking it into the net. I mean, as you're watching this play, develop your thinking goal. Unfortunately, Sam sonoff made a really nice sliding save to his right, got his pad on it, and cut the puck out. And then the Rangers, unfortunately, down the stretch here, the last, you know, two, two and a half minutes, not too many grade A quality scoring chances. And so uh, that was their chance right there. Bucidevic had a, a chance to tie the game. He almost did, but just a better save by Sam sonoff And that, of course, preserves the lead for the Capitals. And unfortunately, the Rangers lose this game 5-4. to four. The silver lining here, if you believe in that kind of thing, and I'm not too big on moral victories or anything like that, but the Rangers did not quit in this game. They came storming back in David Quinn's first return to the bench, by the way. I just wanted to throw that out there. There's a lot going on in this episode. We're about 25 minutes in here, and we just now mentioned David Quinn being back behind the bench. But, you know, again, they came storming back. They're obviously a team that's not going to quit. They showed that today. And you're playing this very same Washington Capitals team on Tuesday, and it's back home in the Garden. So maybe the Rangers can carry a little bit of this momentum into that game How much you believe in momentum or not is up to you. I mean, it's something that's definitely up for debate, but the Rangers had to be feeling good about themselves after they scored some goals here in the third period and really made a game of it. And really, for the most part, I thought outplayed the Capitals. If you take away that 424 in the second period, which I realize is completely unfair to do that, but if you take that away, the Rangers were the better team in this game. And you just hope that uh, they can be the better team on Tuesday and salvage a split out of this with, the uh, again, the best team in the Eastern Conference, at least if you go by the record. I think we definitely have to give some kudos to Chris Knobloch and his coaching staff for coming into this New York Ranger team, just kind of a bizarre situation. We found out uh, that David Quinn and the rest of the Rangers' normal coaching staff was going to be placed on the COVID list. That happened about two hours before the puck dropped for a Ranger home game against the Philadelphia Flyers. That, of course, was the game that the Rangers went on to win nine to nothing. But during Knobloch's tenure as acting head coach for the Rangers, the Rangers have gone four and two. I know that he and David Quinn have been working seamlessly together. You know, kind of going over the game plan together, uh, how he wants the Rangers to approach every game. What the line combination should be, all that good stuff. And I know it's been a very collaborative effort. But again, great job by Knobloch, as well as Gord Murphy, as well as Chris Jury stepping in there. Uh, Just kind of a crazy situation in this COVID era. And uh, you know not only keeping the uh, ship afloat, but leading the Rangers to a 4-2 record during their tenure there. And now, of course, David Quinn is back. Rangers come up short today, but they'll get another crack against the Capitals on Tuesday like we were talking about. The puck in that one drops at 7 p.m. And if you can salvage a split against this Washington Capitals team, it obviously beats any of the alternatives. No word yet on who's going to be in goal, but I would imagine they'd probably go back to your Shosturkin. I got to be honest, I was a little surprised they went with Keith Kincaid today rather than Alex Georgiev, simply because, I mean, first of all, I knew it wouldn't be Shosturkin because Shosturkin just came back from injury. He played both of the two games against the Flyers, and you certainly don't want to have a goalie coming back from injury play three times in four days. So I get that. I just thought it would be Georgiev over Kincaid, and I know that Kincaid has been very good lately, but Georgiev has been good lately as well. I thought Georgiev might be ahead of him in the pecking order, but no, they go with Keith Kincaid. So that's going to be a fascinating situation to keep track of as well. We might be back to the three-goal monster. We will see. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to nyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.